Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In this week's episode of the 23 Personal Podcast, we talk about more postseason awards for the baseball team, basketball team players still signing professional contracts, and so much football news. We're even joined this week by Hunter Cook. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to episode 24 of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. And we brought back Hunter Cook. Hunter, thanks for joining us yet again. My pleasure. Anytime. Anytime. Like, like you didn't, we didn't wake you up early for your your appearance on this week's episode. No, 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 no. It was it wasn't early. I shouldn't have been napping in the middle of my day, unfortunately. <laughs> So between the last time Hunter was on, he's gotten a job where he works overnights. Um, what you said, eleven to seven. Mm-hmm. So he's getting ready to go on, and we were like, "You're gonna wake up a little early, and you're gonna <laughs> talk with us for hopefully not two and a half hours like we did last time." But although that that was a good podcast, good podcast, best in the history of podcasting in general, some say. It's up there. It's in the yeah, Smithsonian. I, I, I won't think. say it was. It was. I'm not gonna say it was. It wasn't good, but. I don't know how many people we had listening to all two and a half hours. I, I, I wouldn't listen to myself talk for two and a half hours. I wouldn't listen to myself talk for two minutes. So I have no idea how other people do it. And I thank, I thank them that they can. Hunter, I just have to mention that I've, I've heard the commercials for Jake's all these years about having happy hour specials at seven in the morning. And I just wish that you were in Lubbock to take advantage of these specials because you're the first person I've ever known who actually could. That's that's a state. That was a staple of mine when I was in college. To go to Jake's early yeah, in the morning. Uh, not 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 early in the morning. Just to go to Jake's. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a like, little bar. I, I no. I, that, that's that that would be some like real is uh, <laughs> sometimes after like work's done or whatever we'll go to like Kirby Lane or something because it's like the only place. I don't know if y'all know Kirby Lane's a breakfast spot here in Austin and um. Yeah, they're not used to people ordering like, hey, we're going to all get a round of beers and no food at like 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> they, all, they all think we're degenerate alcoholics. We're like, we've been up for 22 hours. Give us this. <laughs> we have full-time employment. Leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. So probably unsurprising, um, you know, I I don't drink, so I I don't really – I don't frequent bars or really go to bars at all. I've been to Jake's once, though, and it was – we watched um, – it was a Texas Tech versus Oklahoma State game. They were in Stillwater, and it was a couple of trips back. I know it's, I know it's not helping. It's not. It wasn't the first like Mahomes game in Stillwater. It was the game after that. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was 
a forgettable experience. <laughs> I know because apparently we're all struggling. <laughs> I, well, I, we we know we don't even have to look it up. We know for sure that if it was like it was a, a Cliff Kingsbury Oklahoma State game, it was an L. Yeah. Yeah, definitely hung an L on us. <laughs> Unfortunate. Was it fourteen? Maybe. Fourteen would have been that Davis Webb game where we had just got come off of God getting like stomped by Arkansas. And everyone, it, they put up a pretty good fight on the road against Oklahoma State. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe we'll be fine. Maybe that was an aberration. And uh, nope, uh, no, we're we're trash. We're, we're, we're horrendous. We're <laughs> going to lose every game. Was that the missed field goal face palm? Oh, yeah, that, that, was. yeah, 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 that, that, that's the... Oh, that <laughs> the, the the one gif that everyone uses for yeah. Davis yeah. Webb is the one on the sideline going like, "What happened?" He's just what's, what's wrong? He I, I, he's he's just giving this blank <laughs> the blankest stare. The poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that must have been it. It must have been twenty twelve or fourteen, mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. Because we're in Stillwater on even years. So 2014 was the the ombre uniforms. Yes, everybody hated. It. I I kind of liked them. The the um, white ombre was not that bad. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, with the the silver helmet and the yeah. the that was cool. But that was that was um that was a game where Davis Webb went out and then Mahomes came in and like on that first drive fumbled and inter- like threw an interception on the same play. Oh, that's right. And everyone thought, oh well. Yeah, here we go again. <laughs> oh, this dude's <laughs> awful. We just, ah, oh. <laughs> man. Yeah, we were wrong. We were wrong. If, if anybody thought that, we were very wrong. Yeah. So maybe it was before that. Maybe it was. I don't know. Anyways, that was the only time I've ever been to Jake's. I watched a game where Texas Tech was obliterated in Stillwater. I went a couple times in college. Attended a few concerts in the back room. That I don't even remember who played. Uh, it was it was a pretty cool place, but there were there were it seems like there's some stabbings, <laughs> some parking lot stabbings. That kind of kept me away. That's usually a good way to keep me uh, keep me out of your establishment. If you don't want Michael coming, just start you know having start some routine start shaking people. I I I I was about to say, man, like it was a really chill place, and I remembered like the first time I came in, they were like playing Metallica's greatest hits. I was like, no, that's not very chill at all. That's actually very aggressive. Like, yeah, this is, this is... I'm going to eat my burger really fast. I, I don't know why. Hey, they, it's just, they, they had great drink specials. That's that's all I know. Yeah, that is that is for sure. And I think I think I ate there once or twice, and it was pretty good, too. But, oh, yeah. And, you know, and look, fantastic. Once again, the stabbings. Just not a fan of the stabbings. <laughs> Get me out. But poor guys, there's not really much they can do about that. <laughs> we have oh, a it's, it's, we, yeah. we have a clear no stabbing policy, and someone's like, "Screw you, buddy." <laughs> there's, there's probably signs everywhere, you know, the, the the no smoking sign with a knife in the middle. Just <laughs> no stabbings. No knifings. No no stabs. Shanks. They have like all these different terms for it, and still people are like, "Well, I gotta I gotta stab somebody sometime." I just, they didn't. Not. They didn't say shiv. I can. I, <laughs> I, I get fashion this out of a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Homemade, homemade uh, devices were apparently welcome. So, what if you make it inside? What if you make it while you're there? Then okay, that that doesn't mean you brought a, it with it's, you. That it's, means it's, it's extremely, different. extremely local newscaster voice. 
hardware shops around town are running out of screwdrivers, but not for reasons you'd think. More on that at 11. <laughs> Dentists are so, reporting all their free toothbrushes missing. <laughs> if anyone's wondering why we bring Hunter on, it's for this reason right here. Yeah. It's for my ability to talk about anything but sports and riff on anything imaginable. Well, I mean, we are kind Waste of in time. the the wasteland of the sports calendar middle of july um the all-star game is tonight i'm not we're obviously not watching i don't really have any interest in the all-star game i watched the home run derby last night fairly entertaining definitely um but i think what was what caught my eye what was i was this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Entertained with was watching you guys go back and forth about Christmas movies. And of course, everybody's kind of in that Christmas in July... Um, everybody keeps bringing that up, and then there was that. Uh, I, I guess Bruce Willis is having a roast, or had a roast, and it's going to be broadcast here pretty soon. And he dropped a bomb on everybody, and he came out and said, "Die Hard is definitely not a Christmas movie." He's wrong, right? Well, and he even went to clarify, and I think he they they didn't quote the second sentence, but I think his second thing was, "It's a Bruce Willis movie." Which I would agree. It, no, okay. Die Hard is the so hottest not of a takes to say movie. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Oh, this is one of those hills I will die on that's so petty and meaningless, but it's not a Christmas movie. There's no way. It's it, Christmas is this like, movies, like a hot dog is a sandwich type of petty hill. Yeah, it is. It totally is at this point because I'm totally sucked into the the whole No, no, it's it's uh it's a Christmas movie cuz it's they're in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't snow. Christmas. There's no snow, right? Nope. So there's not no typically. snow and there's no it's not like heartwarming and it warms someone's <laughs> hearts with lead. <laughs> yeah. There's hot lead all in that thing. That heart was warmed, baby. <laughs> Until it wasn't. <laughs> so okay, so it did um oh man, forgive me. I think it's I think it's Alan who's uh follows me on Twitter and we or we follow each other and he quoted that the screenwriter actually put it to rest last December and he said the screenwriter said that it was actually a Christmas movie and I was like oh who's this screenwriter no one's heard of this guy that he's a one-hit wonder it turns out he'd written like 48 hours all the diehards uh, Beverly Hills cop I think I mean he's got like all he's just stacked in oh, yeah 90s lore like running man I don't know he had his name <laughs> on all these awesome movies. I was like, oh, okay, well, if if he says so, all right, that holds some water. Because I was ready to completely disprove him and be like, oh yeah, this guy that wrote one movie that just happened to be good. No, 
This guy wrote a lot of movies you've heard of. <laughs> so I, I just thought we should probably run through some of our, our favorite Christmas movies um, as we're celebrating oh, Christmas. I'm going to be so July. triggered when Hunter goes. I just know it. <laughs> triggered That meme of that like, that, that like liberal looking girl, like whatever it is where she's like, no, I don't know she's just doing. like got that like extremely like about to scream something at you but like the picture was taken just before she could start vocalizing her words and, and spit there's just like a, a spittle just about to emerge and you just didn't so this quite is get us it. about to be talking about christmas movies all right so in um, july I'm, yeah th- so there are some christmas movies like some of the classics that they're okay. I'm not going to turn them on. I will leave them on if I like come across them and I'm like in the mood for a Christmas movie. But I was going to go ahead and kind of like list off the ones I, I thought of. Um, Home Alone, the first one. The rest of them were trash. Two was better than any other one, but it was like one. Two is a, a distant whatever, and then I don't consider anything past two. Um Another movie that was kind of set over Christmas season, but not really Christmas movie, is Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, not, it's a Christmas not, not, movie. Oh, it's not. Not not, not as hotly debated as, as Die Hard. Well, the, first, but, the first scenes is Mel Gibson asking the guy to shoot him in the face at a Christmas tree parking, at the Christmas tree thing. Yeah, like it starts like the, the yeah. movie. Nothing says it's Merry Christmas with, like with getting the Christmas shot song, in the face. And it ends w- w- with the Christmas song. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's a Christmas um, movie. It's based. More, it is. It is t- the timing is around Christmas. Christmas plays a factor in the plot. Christmas. There's movie. more. There's more to a Christmas movie than just timing. <laughs> nope. So he, he, here's one more that fits probably just only in the timing aspect, and it's the Batman Returns, like the Tim oh, Burton another one. one. What? <laughs> <laughs> Big tent Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are you even talking about over there? <laughs> All right. Well, so like Tim Burton very nearly like just destroyed the Batman um, movie. Oh, I thought you were just going to end destroyed the Batman. <laughs> he probably could have. He was. He just those movies were horrific. Although I, I did like I did like uh, Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze. Yes. Chill. I don't think I don't think Tim Burton did that. To be to he, be fair to Tim Burton. Uh, He's listed as the director on those movies. On all of them, even that one, because that was those, a, yeah. that was a George Clooney one, which I never saw. I never saw that one. Oh. I saw Batman Forever in theaters. Ooh, those are great because of the like, they're they're all this encapsulation of the cheesy kind of '90s um, vibe that all those action movies are going for, and they totally like nail it, but they nail it a little too well, a little too heavily. It's where yeah. it's it's just like there's a little bit too much cheese on it. It's kind of like they're all trying to be a Dick Tracy movie. Or yeah, they, they were Tracy. Yeah, they they're they're, tr- they're trying f- they're trying way too hard to be a '90s movie. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you on that though. So, so I, I have I have two more movies on my list. They're actual Christmas movies. One is Jingle All the Way. Big fan of Schwarzenegger going yes. after that uh, Turbo Man doll. Doll, however he says it. It's all crazy. What are you doing in my house eating my cookies? <laughs> They're my cookies. <laughs> Iconic Schwarzenegger line. Oh, well, that, <laughs> Iconic. That's an underrated uh, role in that movie. He's so great. Yes. He's so swarmy. And, oh, man. The, so the other good. part the other, like I really enjoy is when he's 
trying to jog to the, the, the radio station and he's like going over the names of the reindeer like over and over and over again. You've talked me into this one, Spencer. I haven't watched this one in years. I've, I've oh, it's so funny. It's not like I never so didn't. Funny. You know, I've and Sinbad. Oh, Sinbad's in it too. Sinbad's yeah, he's really the mailman. Good. Yep. And and like he he shows it to the radio station with a package claiming it's a bomb, so he could try to get the toy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a bomb. He's holding the package. Okay. And then last one I think is uh, probably on a lot of people's lists that are our age and probably older. This is one of those ones that I was shown by like my parents and I was like, that's kind of funny, but it, it's kind of grown on me. Cause I wasn't like a real big Chevy chase fan growing up, but the national lampoon, like, all those movies are kind of ridiculous, but the Christmas vacation one, it's always on from like, you know, Thanksgiving to new year's. And I, I've, the more I've been subjected to it, the more I've kind of started to enjoy it. Do y'all remember the first time y'all watched it uncensored? Oh yeah, like no, that was one of those movies it. where it would come on cable or something, and then you you bought the DVD for it, and you're all sitting around with your family watching it, and he's dropping the f bomb and stuff. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> what? I'm a little uncomfortable. For for any um, of the fans of the wider world of college football, I forget the character's exact name, but it's funny how like. Dan Mullen, the head coach of Florida, looks exactly like the cousin who's a shitter's full. Like, <laughs> like exactly. No, no, not, not an original observation. This has been much discussed, and people have actually gotten. There's an ESPN broadcast where they get Dan Mullen for one of their Christmas commercials to say, Merry Christmas, shitter's full. It's really funny. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you just look up uh... – Dan Mullen, Randy Quaid, you get you get oh pretty, yeah yeah that's pretty good results. Randy Quaid, yeah, I'm doing it right now. So, Michael, what were some of your movies? Okay, we definitely overlap on Christmas Vacation. That's that's up there. Um, the whole gosh, one of my favorite scenes. I don't. Never mind. People will question my character if I say what it is. But anyway, uh, Christmas Vacation's up there for sure. The, the one another movie that I really like that I think it's gotten kind of in vogue to hate on now is Christmas Story. I really like Christmas Story. Um, I, we grew up watching that, and it didn't come on you know twenty four hours a day. You just kind of had to find it. It was on Turner Classic Movies of all things, and so that was one that we grew up and we quoted all the time. And then probably the other one I would add is Elf, which. I think Hunter has a hot take on that about <laughs> Spencer. Hang on, hang on a second. Can y'all hear Spencer laughing? <laughs> He's wiping tears away. <laughs> What's going on over there? I'm trying to hold it in. I'm trying to hold it together. But I'm still like on that image search. I'm good old Randy Quaid. I'm just losing it, man. <laughs> It's, per- oh it's perfect. It's like they're long lost twins. I was hoping that was twins. what it was. Yeah. It's like they're twins. It it's <laughs> uncanny. Oh, and he's even got. Oh, there's one where he's got a sweater that says "Merry Christmas, Shitters Full." Oh yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> he's so funny, dude. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm sorry, I was. <laughs> I was just scrolling through this, and it was just the longer I was looking, the more, like the funnier it was. The more I was cracking up about it. Hey, well, you didn't miss my. Those are really my three. Uh, I mean, I, I. Bad Santa, I don't like seek it out. It's pretty good. Um, 
I will, like, there's a couple of Christmas Carol ones. I don't even know which ones they are. I think there's one from, like, the 30s I like and one from the 50s I like. And if I turn it over, I'll watch some Christmas Carol, some really old Christmas Carol. And that's about it. Polar Express is okay. The the hobo on the train's kind of creepy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he's about, why he's there, why he's on a train full of children just tagging along. Um, but that, that's kind of, that's kind of mine. So Elf has been one that has grown on me and I, I don't know if Hunter feels the same way or not. It, Elf has grown off of me. Ah. It, it's, it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous and it's, it, it's in the same kind of area as, um, the Dark Knight Rises for me where it was, the, the Dark Knight Rises was a moderately okay movie. Kind of, it, kind of good. It wasn't awful. It's obviously not the best of that genre, but it has those two or three quotable parts that people just say endlessly, forever until the end of time. And I am so sick of elf quotes that I, 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 I don't understand it. I and it's cyclical. You yes, just can't escape it because it, it's not. Yeah. You know, Dark Knight Rises. They don't. It's show gone. You. People aren't watching that, you know, nonstop for a six-week period of nope. the year every year. You're, you're, you're not putting a coffee mug over your mouth and doing the Bane voice. Like, you're not doing any of that. It's just for three months out of every year, you have people quoting Elf at you. And sometimes even more. And I don't know. I thought I, I think it's an all right movie. It's, it, it's funny, but I don't like – I don't think it's the pinnacle of Christmas movies. If I'm going pinnacle, it's Miracle on 34th. Get, oh, get, you're give, going old school. Yeah, get, give 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 me the classic. Get, give, give give me the classic Christmas movie. I like Die Hard I can too. Respect that. I love Die Hard. Love Die Hard as a Christmas movie. And <sighs> Bruce Willis is wrong. He's 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 wrong. He's incorrect. <laughs> There's our Christmas in July, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and I was like, while he was running through that, I was trying to figure out a good Elf quote to drop in, but I just couldn't find a good a good. Uh, but the elf, no, what's your I was, favorite I was, color? I was about, I was about to say, correct. There are no good elf quotes. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. That's it. That's pretty good. <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> oh, I'm man. sorry I ruined your life when you crammed 11 cookies into the VCR. Oh. <laughs> and then I walked through the Holland Tunnel. <laughs> I'm in physical the- pain. Yeah, y'all do this to me. Y'all, y'all kept on posting Ready Player One crap at me. <laughs> Does somebody Why? need a hug? No. <laughs> World's best cup of coffee. You did it. See you that? Did it, guys. That part is pretty funny. That, See, okay, that, good. That, That's that, one of my yeah, favorite like, parts. Yeah, it's, it's not like it, I, I'm not saying it's a horrendous movie. I'm saying people act like it is a great of all time. It is pretty good. It, it's good. It's funny. It's, it's good. good it, for it's, a it's good Christmas for the genre. Movie. It's good for the genre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let but me throw another one out not, there. People, people act like it's an all-timer. No, no, let no, me no. Throw no, another no. one out there that's a little obscure. Ernest saves Christmas. I have, Has, have any of y'all watched that crazy thing? I, don't I think, think the only Ernest movie I've seen is Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> that's a weird one to be the only one. <laughs> Where he gets like caught robbing a bank or whatever. Well, it's like a yeah. double. There's a guy that looks just like him. Yeah, I, I it's think like that's his, what like it is. And it's just Ernest with his hair all slicked back, talking really. I, I combed my bald head. 
for those of you listening. I mimicked <laughs> combing. I still remember how to do it. I just haven't done it in like 15 years. But yeah, he, I think he got, I think he had a, I don't know. There's some slick back guy that has the really deep Jim Barney voice, not the cool, aloof, earnest voice. But I would throw that one in there. That's one that if, if I flip through the channels and that's on, I'm going to have to stop and and see what's going on. They've got reindeer on the roof of the warehouse and stuff. But the, Okay, all right. Back to Elf, though, real quick. Where he's running around in the revolving door and, and it, he gets sick and throws up and then he starts doing it again. That's hilarious to me. It's I very funny. I, I, I can't I, not I, laugh I at that. I, I agree. It's very, very funny. But <laughs> And the world's best cup of coffee pays off because he takes Zoe's yeah. character back there and like... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did it. The world's best... It's incredible. Yeah. Have you I, have you tasted it? Have you tasted anything as, as good as this? Yeah, and, and that's like... I, I agree. It's funny. It's a sarcastic little joke I'd do. <laughs> yeah. 110,000%. I just... It's like an innocent dad joke, if there is such oh, a thing. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, aren't all dad jokes innocent? Or I don't know. I, 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 I don't think, know. No. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's some certain... No, I'm good. I'm, I'm pretty funny. I'm yeah. pretty good. I, I, As a dad, I can say that, because there's jokes I tell my wife, and the, her eyes... I'm funny. I'm just, Spencer. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry. I'm dead. Um so, your, your eyes roll in the back. Oh, of they just—they just roll. Just roll back to the front I mean, and they just keep on rolling. <laughs> yeah, and you just kind of have to wait, just wait them out and stare at them with a goofy grin until oh, they yeah. kind of smile. <laughs> but yeah, the world's best cup of coffee—that's something I would do as a oh, dad yeah. joke. Oh, it's very funny. It's very funny because you know, like they—you they, know that they know it's coming. That's the best part <laughs> about dad jokes. You see the recognition in their face is like. I open myself up for this and they have to like the, the sense of like incoming dread that like, <laughs> will they take this opportunity or not? And, and it's all, and it's always a guessing game. It's all, it's always a guessing game whether you will or not. You got to keep them on their toes. You can't let them take the moment from you either. Even if you know they're about to say the exact same thing you are, mm -hmm. you say it anyway and just still keep that smile. Like, yeah, <laughs> no idea. Y'all, y'all didn't <laughs> see that coming at all. <laughs> You just happened to say the same thing I did at the same time. That was all that was. Oh, yeah. So, despite it being 24 minutes into the podcast, we really do want to talk about sports. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we on it now. Yeah, We're on it for sure now. Sports. <laughs> um, before we, we get to football, I, I think the majority of our the rest of our time will be spent on football. There's some news that came out <clears throat> Excuse me for baseball as Tadlock was named uh, Coach of the Year by D1 Baseball. Just racking up the postseason honors, as, um, as well as Gabe Holt. I, I can't remember a player receiving this much attention um, without like he kind of came into the season a little quietly, and then just the number of accolades he's amassed has been just unbelievable. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty good at what he does, and. What yeah, was it? Well, he he got he baseball America's first team freshman all American team. That's a lot of Americans and teams, and uh, I'm 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 happy for him. Can't believe he's a freshman. I just, I just wish he'd move back to second base. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Anyways, so Tadlock being named Coach of the Year, um, I think we can see that how he was able to take this team to Omaha after losing possibly three of his best four pitchers. Um, you know, two of them didn't pitch at all. One pitched like 20 uh, pitches before they went out. Super glad he's with, with Tech, not in Austin with, with Hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, y'all I, could, I, if, if y'all haven't read that D1 Baseball article, uh, just go to D1Baseball.com, look it up. It's really good. There's a lot of tidbits in there from former players and coaches he's been, been with a, for a long time. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's a well done article. And I'm going to look up who wrote it while I keep talking and stalling because I want to give him credit for it. <laughs> he did a really good job on, and it was uh, Kendall Rogers. Mm. Yeah, like, Kendall does him or Aaron. Kendall does a very, very, very good job covering all of that college baseball stuff. Definitely knew his stuff with, uh, you know, tech fo- football, tech baseball history, uh, injuries this year, how Tadlock got to where he, he, he got to, and, and talked to some guys who really had a lot of good things to say. So y'all check that out if you haven't yet. It's it's a good article. Uh, Rogers really did a good job. Yep. Um, and then just keeping on moving to, to basketball, uh, we you know, we had the draft, what was it, a month ago now? Um, yeah, it was. Something like that. This past week, I believe, uh, had two more players from this past team, the two more seniors, uh, signed professional contracts. One, Justin Gray signed with the Bristol Flyers. And then just this afternoon, Naeem Stevenson signed with, uh, I'm going to butcher this city, uh, Leicester, Leicester, Leicester? Yes. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That sounds sounds correct. Sure. And then the other really cool thing um, was that, you know, so Davide Moretti is back playing with the Italian under 20 team, I think it is. Yes, I think so too. Um, But Chris Beard actually traveled uh, to go watch him play in person. He went to to Germany to, to watch Moretti play in person, which is really cool. Um, you know, and I think Moretti's had some really good games too. He's he's put up a lot of points. Yep, he has. <laughs> Which would be nice if he would do that a little bit more. <laughs> <In Lubbock. laughs> yeah, I mean, if if he could be an, a compliment to uh, uh, to Culver, that would be pretty nice. Yeah, although apparently we've got you know some four star guys that are coming in and all-world talent, so looking forward to next basketball season. Already, that that run that they had, man, that was that was some of the most fun I've had watching sports in a long time. Just the way that they played, the uh, kind of the drama and how the season unfolded, man, that was like, and even like, because at the time I was quote-unquote neutral observer i don't believe that you're ever like really neutral your own monitor always be your first love like there's no sense in hiding like that kind of bias and i'm sure not going to go to i graduated from tech i loved texas tech sports while i was there i still have a very big soft spot i'll have a very big soft spot for them like whatever i'm doing like that that run was just so fun so 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 fun and even coming as close to the as they did to nova and like and talk about a juggernaut of a basketball program. I mean, Tech played them the closest that they were played during that tournament. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of, of any of the teams, they arguably had the best chance to beat them. And that was um, with a uh, very, very beat up Keenan Evans. Like a broken toe. Bro- yeah, uh, uh, literally, but b- broken toe. And if that, if Keenan does not break his toe, I mean, you're you're, you're thinking that th- this team might have won the conference, M- might have stolen Kansas's 14 straight. Like, it's just a very excellent team that really came out of nowhere. And and anything that they accomplished is just icing on the cake, honestly. And, I, and love, they, that it's, I love that it's best July, and we're all. Actively excited about basketball season. Yeah, the basketball season ended three months ago. Yeah, and we're still pumped about it. We're still. I, I miss it. it. We still I'm... lost like some really key guys, but we've had some great recruiting by Beard again, Beard and his staff, to just make it to where like, well, I mean, I don't feel like we're just going to plug right in and you know get to the elite eight or something this year. But man, it just you, you feel like you should still make the tournament at the very least. Oh yeah. Or, you know, or that you should have a shot to make it. So you're, I don't know. It's it's very exciting. I I miss it dearly, I'm, and it is is different from for me. It's different from baseball. I didn't get to watch a lot of the baseball. I'm not a really big baseball guy. I never, um, wasn't really raised in a big baseball household. Like it was tolerated, not like actively pushed in the way like football, basketball was. But like, and but at this point with like that baseball team, you're kind of expecting them. Okay, we're we're gonna make it to Omaha. Basketball was just brand new. It is a yes. new experience for everyone. Just yeah, yep. incredible. Pretty much. I, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind everybody that my my hope for the basketball team going into the season was I think they can make the NIT. <laughs> and they Nailed went to it. the Elite Eight. Man. Spencer, you had you had an inside track to exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to make in the tournament, uh, making a tournament. That is a that, tournament. That, that, that that's better than a lot of other people had them. Yeah, yeah, probably me included because I, I was kind of jaded from the year before. I, I really thought when they made the tournament, when they faded. Yeah, yeah, when they made the tournament with with Tubby Smith, and then that, I mean, they just completely faded the last several games of the year after that. It was like just, the last half of the season. Right, with almost the, the same roster, too. Um, I mean, I think they lost some guys, but not... You know, they had Evans, they had Gray, they had Zach Smith, they had all the... Uh, you know, Odiase, they had all the, the same guys they had the following year and the year before. So you just... I, I don't know. I, did, I don't think anyone could predict Zaire Smith. Um, I don't think anyone could predict Culver and his his ability to uh, you know, really step up in games where you really needed him. And I don't know if anyone could even have predicted how great Evans was going to be because he, mm-hmm. was, he was phenomenal. You, I, you, you, you maybe could have predicted one. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. If you predicted all three at the same time, I, I, I just don't believe you. I, I, oh, I, don't, no. I, I don't believe anyone outside of like the person who predicts them to win the championship every year. You know, yeah. I, 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 I don't believe you legitimately did that. Where's Dan? Where, where is he? <laughs> Dan's always, I mean, he's, he's got his, he really does have his finger on the pulse of this thing. So whenever he says something, whenever he starts making some predictions, I usually listen because he, he's right a lot. And he likes to let us know yeah. when he is right. <laughs> Our Slack chat There's... is full of a lot of, see, uh, I told you that something, something was going to happen gotcha. from Dan. <laughs> There's one more stat I'd like to point out before we move on to football, and it was the stat of the number of games, the record of Texas Tech 
when Tommy Hamilton hit a three-pointer. Like, the team was almost unbeaten if he just made one. Yeah. So, like, as soon as he makes one, we're like, yes, we're going to win. I think he made a couple in the tournament. Okay, we're good. Yeah, I think he made a couple in the tournament. You're kind of like, oh, okay, we can can breathe a little. (laughs) Man, beating Florida, that was just – I've never – man, that was a very joyous moment. Very joyous moment. It was a lot of fun. Um, but speaking of really quickly, uh, reliving that run, um, I, don't, I don't know if you're reading on Staking the Plains or not, but for those that are listening and, and for you, Hunter, uh, Michael Labar is actually doing a top 10. He did top 10 plays of the season and then top 10 games. Um, obviously, lots of Texas Tech basketball on that list, uh, and especially in his honorable mentions, he had the, uh, the game, I think, sorry, I just blanked. So, so he had two, he had two, he had both of the Texas Tech basketball games during the regular season versus Kansas. One was an honorable mention. I think it was a loss, but the one at home where they just had that unbelievable environment, and that was the weekend that uh, Kayvon Moore committed. And then um, he did he did ten through six on the post today, and I think number six was winning in Kansas. Um, so obviously you got games like against Florida. Um, I just blanked. Stephen F. Austin, maybe. I think Stephen F. Austin was an honorable mention. It wasn't even like top ten. Which that, I would agree that, with that. That's that was more Purdue, of, yeah. That was like a breath maybe. holder. That was like, oh, please do not screw this up. <laughs> yeah, because they started. SFA came out on a bit of a run, and Tech was kind of down, and then they just. And then they, Zaire Smith had that three sixty alley oop, and it was down. <laughs> reverse, <there>. reverse three sixty. <laughs> I still, I, oh man, I still have dreams about that. That he, that's he just, levitates. He just kind of floats along the. Air. It, Unbelievable! What a run. Have you watched Hunter? Have you happened to seen? Have you? Oh boy, that was really great English. Have <laughs> you been able to see any of his NBA highlights? So no, far? I, I haven't. But one of my one of my buddies from Dyers is a huge Sixers fan, and he was not enthused about them picking up Smith. Oh so every, man! I so was, every I thought that was a great fit. Every time he does something good, I'll just like find the tweet where the highlight is and like text it to him like hey you happy now <laughs> you remember this guy this guy that you weren't too crazy about uh yeah you, you, you remember this guy this he's guy? pretty good he's a pretty good guy i he, he might not be a bet it might not be the best uh pick I, I i don't know i don't know my nba i don't know my basketball but man he can dunk the he, he can make you just sit in awe at what a human can do his athleticism is is really tough to compare with a lot of people and he's he's getting his shot he's working on his shot a lot better um i i think he's got he's really got some potential i i still thought he went i was i I still didn't think he would get much playing time initially but he's probably going to prove me wrong the way the way he keeps the way he's going so we'll see definitely earning it yeah all right let's let's move on to football um we've got lots to talk about for the good old oblong pigskin there it is um, it's almost time baby we're getting close we had a uh, big 12 media days today and yesterday um we, we get preseason lists and rankings and all that kind of stuff basically on a daily basis on a daily basis um we had i guess kind of a shocker to most of the big 12 college football world in that Texas Tech had three defensive players named to the preseason All Big Twelve team. Um, you know, we had Dakota Allen, Jay Sean Johnson, and Justice Parker. 
Uh, also interesting that Texas Tech didn't have any offensive players listed, but well, that's neither here nor there. Surprising <laughs> from the outside. Ignore, maybe. ignore, ignore, ignore. <laughs> it's, fine. It's, it's not real. <laughs> don't, don't worry about the fire going on over there. It's all good. This is when you say, "Oh, these lists don't mean anything." Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Except the, the, for uh, the list where my team is doing good. Those are the lists yeah. you want to check out. Yeah, the rest yeah. of it's just you know the offense list is just kind of dumb. No one yeah. really looks at that. <clears throat> <laughs> Anyway, so there was there was obviously a lot of uh, I wouldn't say outcry, but there were some opinions voiced in the Twitter sphere. Twitter sphere, is that right? yeah? That's yeah. good. Yeah, it just sounded weird. Like it's, I think that's in Webster's. Can, it, it's yeah. The, yeah, it's 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 the Twitter sphere. One one particular, uh, and I can't remember exactly which where he writes. And I'm I'm, I'm I don't really care that much, but Ian Boyd was. He tweeted out, it was a couple days ago, he just basically said, LOL at Tech having three defensive players listed. Um, but the question is, like, well, who would have, like, which Hunter brought up before we started, who would have taken their spots? Like, if it's not Dakota Allen, then who? I mean, I, I looked up, and not trying to, like, bash on another guy in, like, that kind of industry, but and, and I feel like this is a very widespread belief where they're just, like, you know what's going on because like TCU always has strong DBs. I think a bunch of TCU people were not too happy about two defensive backs from Tech being chosen. But like we're we're not we're not talking about people making outlandish predictions here. Justice Parker and Deshaun Johnson were all second team All Big Twelve last year. The only other All Big Twelve DB returning from the first or second teams is Brian Peavy from from Iowa State. Everyone else either left for the NFL or graduated. So it only he like. PV would probably be the only person that you can make an argument for deserves to have that spot just based on how the voting ended up last year. Like Mm -hmm. it, it's logical and it kind of speaks to the theme of um, the year in the big 12, which is a lot of teams are going to be rebuilding and for tech and cliff. And this is not like a unique opinion. I think I've talked about it on this very podcast. Like, this has to be the year. Yes. The, 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 this absolutely has to be the year. We're, we're in a year where you can accurately defend two Texas Tech defensive backs being on the first team preseason All-Big 12 team with the, with the, with, with the most defenders of, out of any school in the conference. With Dakota Allen, who is probably – I don't want to go too homer here, so I think there is an argument for some others, but I think he's the best linebacker in the conference. And I don't think that's a ridiculous opinion to have. No, I don't think it is either. Yeah, of course, and, and, we're all Texas Tech guys, so yeah. And I think yeah, what people yeah. are getting hung up on is the reputation versus yeah, sure. It, and even last, I mean, the the defense finished. Of course, they didn't finish, you know, in the top ten or whatever. But there were definitely vast improvements in almost yeah. all categories. Uh, yes. We lost games. Um, there were lots of games. That's, that's how it goes. Most lots people games. lose games. Yeah, m- m- at some point, most teams lose games. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and so we, uh, you know, you can't judge. I, I don't even know where you would come at this, except from just looking at it through a certain lens of, oh, well, Texas Tech doesn't play defense. Yeah. There's no way they could have three individuals who, if you plugged them, plucked them out of Texas Tech and put them at UT or put them at Iowa State or TCU. There's no way those guys would earn their spot on the field, and I think what this list is saying and what we're saying is that yes, they would. Yeah. They would if you took them and put them at probably any other Big Twelve school, they would 
end up either being the starter or they would be rotating in. Well, and like maybe they maybe they would, maybe they won't, uh, maybe they wouldn't. But that's the precedent set by that list last year. Like that, yeah. the, the, those are the two names that were chosen. Like, it's a logical yeah. step to take. Yes, it, it's not. It, it is not so far outside of the realm of possibility that it can't be true. And, and it is. It's like maybe this is true. Maybe it isn't. Maybe they will be incredible. Maybe they slump. But as of right now. Who do you know for sure that's better? Who has actually played in some of those games? Like Sean Johnson's four-year starter. A guy who has like led the team in interceptions some years and been gone through years where he was the only person making plays. Like Dakota Allen, like it seemed like for a while he's the only person that can tackle. And that's not a commentary or an endorsement of like the like these rankings are not a commentary or an endorsement of the Texas Tech defense at large. It is saying that these three individuals are outstanding, and I don't think there's really any argument to the contrary. Justice Parker, obviously an excellent defensive back, good at taking the ball away. Deshaun Johnson is molded into a very consistent safety. Dakota Allen, his middle name is consistency, very good middle linebacker. Like there's there there just is no argument. It's absurd to suggest that it's it's absurd to suggest that it's absurd that they're there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I like we were saying, Big Twelve Media Days was today and yesterday hunter wasn't there this year but he's been there previous years um unfortunately michael i don't know where our our passes ended up (laughs) we we only made it to i guess shoot where was that i got a little east of cisco before i thought maybe i should give up yeah (laughs) I, i i found a golden chick somewhere and had a biscuit well i I, i'm sorry i'm sorry a roll he's just like well i I need a nap now (laughs) yeah it's like well i guess i'll just uh i guess i'll just go back head back west but no i i didn't find my uh my pass either i Um, mean apparently they they were just handing these things out because they had a uh a a reddit college football uh, sorry i'm gonna butcher this it was a subreddit moderator there and he asked the first question to Kingsbury and like if you watched it live on TV it's not actually on the video on YouTube if you watch it live on TV though they actually show the journalists asking questions because the first guy popped up um, had some crazy hair facial hair except he he shaved a strip down his chin I, I forget what that's called he like he had the the thing under his lip he had the mustache the full beard on the side maybe mutton like, no it's not mutton chops is it but just just like, the, like almost like a reverse Van Dyke? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was like the craziest thing. Uh, so he made it in, asked the first question. I was telling uh, Michael and Hunter before we started that with uh, how well Kingsbury was put together and uh, his dress and everything, wasn't surprised there wasn't like a um, like a, a, a visible reaction to this, this man's appearance when he stood up to ask a question. He just <laughs> rolled with it like, yep, I'm going to answer your question. Kingsbury's unflappable up there. He just—I don't know if there's anything you're going to say that's going to get him too too riled up one way or the other. I, I do think he has some subtle. Uh, he has some tells. Verbal. He, yeah. he has. He absolutely has tells. Yeah. He has yeah. some that he can. You can just tell that his eyes are. He is tired of that question. <laughs> yes. And he didn't. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he didn't have like a statement this year right he just no, he, went he did not in have an just... opening statement he started with questions yeah man. And, man 
Uh, and there's sometimes on conference calls because like the, the Big Twelve teleconference, we got to be involved with that last year, and he'd he'd call in and be like, "Hey, is there any questions for Cliff?" And it'd be like one or two, like maybe Don asks or something, and then he just like, "Well, is there anything else?" All right, time to go. <laughs> and just like everyone else is filling like their full five or ten minutes, whatever it was, and just Cliff gets like asked one thing because it's just, man. At, at many points last season, it really seemed like he was dead in the water, and it seemed like that at last year's media days too. And there are some there, there are some contrasts that I'll talk about, but I'll save that for a later time as we move on. In <laughs> well, I, well, I I think I mean. What is it? What does it say that is this? Is this the first time that he hasn't done a commentary thing? It seems like people like to do kind of a state of the union address before they start taking questions or rant about some new rule or something. And he was just not having it. Just I, I think there is. I'm not sure. I, he. I think he's done it in the past. The year I was there, he had a statement. I think it was very short. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm Cliff. <laughs> We're going to be pretty good. We're really excited about the season. Ask me questions. things. Like, I'll <laughs> take your questions now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So going back to you guys' uh, point about him getting, being fired up, I think the most fired up I've seen him would have been after the Arkansas game a couple years ago. Oh, with when, the, when, yeah, with like the when flower he ripped into in Bielema the pocket. And and he got his ass beat. Oh, yeah. that was so good. That was good. The, the other thing um, – I know we shared it. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to it, but the Comeback Season podcast, which is... Yeah. I I can't remember the chick that's on there that hosts it, but it's also Eric Burkhart, which is... He's a he's an agent. He's actually Kingsbury's agent and Johnny Menzel. So there was the three of them, and they, they brought in Kingsbury this past episode. Um, If you're looking for a different perspective on Kingsbury and, like, what he's like... Because, like, he, he was... He did not hold back talking about... Mm-hmm about his time as a coach at Houston and A&M. Um, and then they asked him questions about Texas Tech and, like, immediately reverted back to the, yeah, yeah we're going to have this, this quarterback competition going. Like, it was just the, the guard went, like, straight back up. But when he yeah. was talking about A&M and Johnny Manziel, he was talking about, like, he was impressed with the girls that Menzel was hanging out with. It was like, dude, good job. And he was covering for him when he was missing meetings. And yeah, that part was crazy to me. Yeah, well, and, and it was – it seems crazy now, but gosh, that was in what twenty ten, two thousand twelve. And I'm not okay. saying like crazy is in like, I if I had a talent like that and I saw what he could do on a football field, I probably have done the exact same thing. Like, right? I, I think as I, an I, assistant, you kind of have a leeway of mm-hmm. you can kind of get by with more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he was probably someone probably was kind of trying to be the. Uh, one step removed from it, mm-hmm. but the assistant coaches are probably right in there with it, and they're they're just trying to keep the head coach out of it and trying to keep the kid from not getting in too much trouble and yeah. then trying not to lose cross too many lines themselves. Kind of all the same, all the same token. Yeah, and and it, and it speaks to kind of like Johnny and Cliff because like I got a chance to interview or talk to like Johnny in uh, May. And the thing that I was impressed with uh, coming from like only seeing this guy on television as to like talking to him in person is, and maybe this is a PR coached up thing, but this is true of Cliff also of how like direct he is and how good his memory is. Like this is a guy who will remember your name 
This is a guy who will speak your name to you. He will speak your, he will speak your name often. Like he's, you are very much. And I've heard, I've heard stories of Johnny with this too, of recognizing people on the A and M or ESPN. Be like, he's really good friends with Scott Van Pelt. Like, and maybe this is like kind of a sucker for the media thing, but he really does remember people, and he really does uh, care about the people that like. Made, uh, made that attempt to like cover him or her or they doing their jobs and that's true of cliff too and that's true of every player i've interviewed under cliff um, yeah. i remember i was at the nfl combine in uh, i think 2017 and i was talking to davis webb and he remembered that i like had a class with him and this must have been like <laughs> it, it was like in 2014 like mm-hmm. a long time ago like and and, th- and this is a guy who's probably he's seen a lot of faces the fact that he like remembered that is in my opinion absurd because what i've remembered me absolutely not and that seems to be a definite trend which also goes into the like you can kind of tell what cliff is meaning by certain things you can kind of tell where he's going in 2015 you could absolutely tell that patrick mahomes is going to be the starting quarterback even though you kind of have to say oh no it's an open competition because he'll never say it out loud but but, 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 but you can tell you like you're sitting here thinking like yeah uh, we're gonna our starting quarterback. The characters we're looking for him. He's got to be mobile. Um, he's got to have the long arm ball. So you're looking at that roster and you're looking at Davis Webb and Pat Mahomes and you're thinking, okay, now which of these guys is the most mobile? And if you can't like tell that apart, then <laughs> kind of question your football acumen there. But no, he he has his tells and he is very a very media savvy person and he very much there's not a word that he says that is not like like you said unscripted. Yeah, it's calculated. It's very calculated. Very calculated. So let me ask you this, Hunter. Is there something Kingsbury has said up until now that would clue you into who may be the starting quarterback on September 1st? I'm terrified. I'm, I, like, <laughs> it, you know, you know, you know, like, you can't, like, I mean, we, we talk about it in 2015 where there's a case to be made for both Pat and Davis. And I actually went and looked up the media days from 2015 when he was talking about that. And he was very much talking about uh, we're going to have a starter. We're going to have one single solitary starter that's going to be the guy. Um, we're going and to have – actually said something co- contrary to that yesterday. Yes. He said we're going like, to play Ooh. multiple quarterbacks. Mo- well, a lot of them could play. Like, yeah. And they're, they're not shying away from that. The fact that Bowman's name is thrown in the mix, I think should be a massive, massive, massive red flag. And there will be the, this is fine, everything's fine crew coming up to say like, oh, well, that just means there's going to be a really big competition. You don't know anything like that. There's no way to predict the future. And they're correct to that extent. But I still think it's very troubling that that, you have Jet Duffy, who's now been here for however long and has been in some trouble. And you have McLean Carter, who's been there for however long and has started a game in the Big 12. And you don't have that guy that has stood out. And now they're talking about a true freshman that could be in the mix, too. Like, I, I, I'm not going to – I don't want to go full negativity. I don't think that's, like, rational in this case. I think there's a very good case to be made. The Texas Tech will have a good season this year. But that those comments on the quarterback situation should one hundred and ten thousand percent be troubling. Yeah, because we've we've obviously had a chance to see all three of them this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Seth said it on Second Plane today that like he saw Bowman twice uh, and he was 
like playing against the third string defense and it looked like he had his hands full. <laughs> so it's like if that's going to be your starting quarterback, like, ooh. Not, I, not, not, yeah, not, not appealing. No, not, not, the, not, had, not that he won't be good, but not great. No, and they had that that question was it was uh, the actual the, the exact question was if some guy doesn't come out ahead and be quote the guy that you want by the season opener, are you willing to go with two quarterbacks or are you set on saying that we're going to have one guy come that season opener against Old Miss? Okay, that was kind of weirdly worded, but what Cliff said was. Cliff, first name, sorry. <laughs> what he said yeah, was... Way to go, Don Williams. Yeah, I'm, you know, just chalk me up. I'm, I'm, I'm that close. Uh, we would like it to be one guy. That's how I've done it. But whatever is best for the team and the offense, we'll do. And he goes on to kind of clarify a little, a little bit more. But I heard that, and that really jarred with me too, Hunter, because I thought... In my head, I thought the same thing. I was like, I don't... I can't think of any... This is going to be a lot like his first year to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to see at least two quarterbacks start different games, possibly three. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like things may switch out. We may see someone for a drive. We, we may see kind of a pot Sheffield Davy thing going on. Because that happened, if everybody remembers. <laughs> that, so, that was a thing? It, it technically existed? Yeah, yeah he did start against existed. Kansas. He sure did. And he, he would play, like, there were some games where Potts would start and Daigie would finish, and Sheffield would start and Daigie would finish, or Sheffield played the whole time. I mean, I looked through I looked through all that a while back, and it was just wild how all that broke down. Potts started most of the time, but it was it went back and forth. All three of them started at least one game. And I, I, I don't know if that's what we're going to see for sure, but I would be very surprised if we just see one guy come out and, you know, he plays 90% of the time except for garbage time. And, I, yeah, that's that was what stood out to me because, like, everything else, like, uh, most of media days, it's all of people talking like, yeah, our, our players are great. Yes, we're excited for the season. Yes, we love everything. Everything is good. We're going to win the conference. Um, <laughs> every everyone thinks they're just gonna win the conference. It's it's pretty incredible. But um, I think that quote, especially given who returns on the offensive side of the ball, is troubling. Yeah. I, I I think it should I think it should be one of those things we pause and say like okay like what's not being said? What are the what what what's the material reality of the situation to where this is the statement that comes out. Yeah, I know. I still don't know why we don't have any offense guys on all Big 12 preseason team. And we lost. Have you looked at the roster? <laughs> what wasn't it? What like four? It's the out last of place three, you uh, look, Spencer. It, <laughs> it's the like last place. Four out of your. Uh, five leading pass catchers from last year are no longer with the team, either gone to the NFL or graduated. Yep. Yikes! <laughs> who you expected to be your leading pass catcher this year didn't have a great couple of outings in the spring games and stuff, so I'm sure that hopefully that was just a blip on the radar. But yeah. So there was also something he said uh, yesterday, something Kingsbury said yesterday that may have tipped his hand towards yeah, we have questions about the quarterback and the receiving because like everybody's gone. 
uh, he was actually asked about Big 12 defenses, and specifically he was talking about like Iowa State and their, you know, what they call it, Cloud Three or whatever. Yeah, I, think it it, it, I, I think it's. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it is cloud three. I think they're right. And then, like, the I guess apparently Holgerson came out and said, well, Texas and, and Iowa State actually stole that from us. It was our defense, and they just a- adapted it. It's like, okay, dude. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's not wrong. Cloud three's best run with, like, yeah, you, you, you can run a cloud three out of the four three or, like, a four two five, but yeah, or not not, not a four two five. You could definitely run a cloud three out of four two five. You can run a cloud three out of four three if you have a linebacker and drop coverage, but it's typically that five defensive back that'll mm-hmm. run that in. He's, he's he's he may be an asshole, but he's not wrong, right? <laughs> but so what? What Kingsbury said is he's like, well, you know, the defenses will will typically catch up, and the offenses will adapt. And he was saying, you know, I, I think we'll see a lot more heavy sets. We'll see more running the ball. We'll see more tight ends, that kind of thing. I was like, hey, you know, we're the twenty three personnel podcast, right? We, we like we like the big sets, big boys. Yeah. Big boy, it's it's big boy season all season. <laughs> um, and then actually, somebody here and the the Lubbock media retweeted that and said, "I think he's he's giving a preview of the Texas Tech offense." He's like, "Well, he would know that best." Yeah, um, it was Brian Mudd. Shout out, shout out to Brian yeah. Mudd. Yeah, I like I, it. K Mac. I, I I like. I I think I think that's correct. That's the only thing to take from it is there's gonna be a lot more. I mean, he, the, the the man got Kevin Johns out of Indiana. Um, yeah, I think we talked about this last time. Yeah, that. yeah. I'll, I'll let you go. Go, go with it. I'm, I'm no, not going to say anything. No, no, no. In that, like, <laughs> his, his previous stops and his success running the ball, I think, lines up, you know, very well with the timeline of, okay, the defense is starting to, like, they're really picking up on Kingsbury's offense. They're kind of slowing it down. Like, it's – if it's not everybody's offense – or sorry, everybody's defense that they're running, they're, they're adapting it for the game that they play against mm-hmm. Texas Tech. Um, you need to figure out a way to get around that. And I think, just like we saw Baylor several years ago, they've like we're a spread offense, but we're going to run the ball like sixty percent of the time or sixty-five. I don't I don't know if Texas Tech will kind of go unbalanced that heavy towards run, but I think definitely with the you've got like the one guy at receiver, um, you've got a couple of you know good decent running backs and all of your offensive line from last year. I think that's probably where you're going to you're going to be needing to lean at least early on. Um, and I think he kind of tipped his hand that way when he was actually answering a question about the conference d- defenses. So, And he said, he, I think yeah. we went through this on the roster a while back, Spencer, but we, we did some we large, picked up like, some large fullbacks. Well, yeah, because we, we picked up, we said there's, there's Hurts to lose four. Nisby well, Nisby's still. Is he still there? He's I haven't, still kind I'm of around, really, though. That's weird. It's a very weird scenario. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, because he made he made his uh, announcement, but then there was I, he he said that he was going to, but then there was something that came up later that had us saying that he hadn't left yet. Well, that was that <clears> was <throat> definitely um, who was that that said that? Was that Ward? No, well, it, was no it was Felton. Did Demarcus Felton oh, yeah, Fel- announced he was transferring? Yeah. Oh, and then when the Felton latest roster came out. He's he's still on it and he has a new number so like he's not just still on the roster he's like there there are there are updates there. about him yeah yeah okay okay so maybe Felton just... maybe Nisby too maybe they're all just screwing with everyone because like there's no rules to what you can post on Twitter doesn't matter there's <laughs> there's some kid that literally he announced a decommitment from an All Star game like you can post whatever you want to <laughs> like 
it, just like what, dude? Like, <laughs> I I will no longer be playing in the Under Armour one. I'm gonna be playing in the uh, new one, the the the, the new All Star game where we all choose the names of our teams from like Lord of the Rings characters. Like, we all put on weird helmets and tights and we play seven on seven. That that, that those are the that's the new All Star games. What's gonna happen? Is that kind of de- declaring that you are not going to the party you weren't invited to? And no, he he was invited for sure. Oh, okay. It, it, okay. It's it's like it's like Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> I declare bankruptcy. Yeah, like like. Okay. That's not how that works. <laughs> you don't. Well, you, you don't have to like yell it. <laughs> do, do you really have to yell it? <laughs> so roster update for you guys: there is an offensive player wearing number thirty-two. Who is not Desmond Nisby? Ah, okay. So that, may, that may be that. That may be that. But we've got some large, grown, fullback gentlemen yeah, who are I, ready I, to I line up counted, in two-three personnel. I, I think we counted what was it? Four fullbacks on the roster. I think Jeez, so. That's a lot of fullbacks. I, I think we. I think there's more fullbacks than Texas Tech has had in like the past four years. Is it more fullbacks than running backs? No. Is it the same? No, because there was Felton, King, uh, Tejon Henry, Sir Roderick Thompson. Who else was on there? I just looked at him. Dalion Ward. Okay, all right. That's five. Yeah, we're we're already at five. Jeez, so many. Anyways, new era, um, baby, new era. So while we have you. Yeah, like while we have you, Hunter. Really quickly, what is what does 2018 look like for Texas Tech football? Hmm. Wins, coach at the end of the season. Hmm. <laughs> Man, it's it's so tough to say. I, it's so tough to say because a lot of what it is is contingent on the other teams in the conference. I feel like Tech is very like reactive to how good the conference is at any given time. Like 2015, they're kind of have a conference that as a whole is kind of having a down year, maybe one or two dominant teams and Tech makes a run, goes like seven and five or seven and six or whatever, loses bowl game to LSU. I feel like it could be one of those years. Um, I feel like there's definitely room for improvement. I don't see anything out of most of the rest of the teams in the conference to like justify picking them over Texas Tech. Which is where I, I think a lot of people are, are pulling their, their confidence and their, their yeah. Kool-Aid from as they're looking at like, and we've discussed this as well, when you're talking about Will Greer being possibly the best quarterback in the conference, like, yes. that's kind of a low bar to set. We're talking, we're, we're, we're not just talking about Will Greer being the best quarterback in the conference. We're talking about him being, yeah, we're we're talking about him being the best quarterback in the nation in college football. Yeah. The, the entirety of college football outside of like Clemson is at a huge talent deficiency. Clemson, like bringing back like four defensive linemen that could have gone to the NFL. Like absurd, absurd. But the rest of college football is like, well, who is there? Well, you think about last year's Heisman hopefuls. Baker Mayfield, megastar, gone. Saquon Barkley, megastar, like gone. Like, who's left? Not really. Will Greer, baby. Will, Will Greer, <laughs> and that's it. Like, who was the? Uh, like, let me check this out. It was the preseason All Big Twelve offense. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, it's it's 
Will Greer and probably David Sills and who, who else? Oh wait, yeah, it's on. Hang on, it's in PDF. I think. Yeah, I think I, that I found um, on the PDF. That TCU running back. Uh, it's it's Rodney mm-hmm. Anderson from Oklahoma and Justice Sill. and yeah, and da- David Montgomery from Iowa State. Which all three of those guys really really good. Are they mega stars? Probably not. Denzel Mims from Baylor, Marquise Brown from Oklahoma, David Sills at the wide receiver position. Tied in is Grand Calcaterra, who did not start last year out of Oklahoma because they had um. Oh, gosh, I forgot his name. But they had a really, really good tight end last year. And then the offensive linemen, you kind of have a couple of returners, a couple new faces. But, like, when your preseason offensive player of the year is Will Greer, your preseason defensive player of the year is Ben Banigou, and your newcomer of the year is a true freshman, like Brendan Riley Hiles out of Oklahoma, who nobody has seen him play outside of spring football, I think that's a perfect chance for a team like Texas Tech, who does have a crap load of experience on defense, to come and steal a couple games from some incumbent teams. I don't know about an eight- or nine-win season, but I do think it's a bowl game season, and I think it's a season where you're far more competitive than you were in some games last year. Man, I hope that you're, you're, you're making me feel better. Because it, then you couple you couple that the whole thing about how uh, – uh, you know, we've got some some of the biggest games in Lubbock, which is good. Mm-hmm. And then the that the defense could, you know, they could hold their own away from Lubbock. I, I mean, I I still I'm still hovering around the five win area. I'm not quite able to push beyond that at this point. But mm-hmm. I mean, if if this defense is half as good as we expect it to be, not half as good. Let's not say that. If they're at least as good as they were last year, and they should be better, then uh, we've got it. We've got a shot in some of these games because y'all are both bring up some good points about how the conference is just kind of people put OU at number one because that's probably where they deserve. But everything after that is arguable. Yeah, and Oklahoma even then is losing arguably one of its uh, not, not even arguably a top five all time quarterback statistically. The yes. owner of you know. Two of the best, uh, the the top two seasons in the FBS of all time in efficiency. I know we don't like to speak his name, but he was good. I mean, yeah, props to uh, props to him. It is hard to do that two years in a row. They're losing him. They're losing Orlando Brown. They're losing their uh, losing their amazing tight end, whose name still is escaping me after all this time. Like and Oklahoma State losing like James Washington, probably one of the best wide receivers in the history of their school, uh, losing all of those defenders. Like and Iowa State losing a bunch of people too. Like and Iowa State. Mark being, Andrews. Yeah, uh, it was Mark Andrews. Dang it! I, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. so 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 focused on this season. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of chances. I I feel like there's a lot of chances and I'm not. I don't think there's a lot about the offense of Texas Tech that can inspire a bunch of confidence right now, but I feel like that could change. I, I feel like there's a, a, quite a bit of firepower on the roster that could mature and take over. And in reality, you might not need that many points. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. yeah so when, when I start looking around and I'm, I'm poking holes in every other team, I'm like, well, our defense is like the other offenses I'm not too – I'm not nervous about. I'm not scared of. I'm not like – Mm-hmm. Crap, Oklahoma's going to hang 60 or 70 on us if we're not careful. 
but then I look around, it's like, well, our our offense is going to be kind of in, <laughs> in that yeah. same boat where like mm-hmm. nobody's going to be like talking about the Texas Tech offense. I, I feel like we're going to be furious when they're scoring like thirty points a game. They're like, why is this not forty? Like, this, this is not what we're used to. <laughs> or we're going to have that like Kansas State game from a couple years ago where the defense is causing all these or creating opportunities for the offense and like nothing is happening. Yeah. And we're just, and everyone's what just is furious. <laughs> like, only scoring 28 points a game. Like, we rushed for 200 yards. Shut up. It's not good enough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of, like, it makes me think, like, while the defense may be keeping us in games, the offense struggling this year, like, that may be, I don't know, the the straw that breaks the camel's back. If they, if they win five games and the offense struggles this year, which I assume it will because of, the players they need to replace like where five games may be enough to kind of like hang around Kingsbury one more year. Like we'll, we'll just keep, we'll, we'll try it one more time. Like if the offense is struggling, everybody's like, what's going on? I think that may be like, we're that may be, like I said, we're done. M- missing a bowl game might be the breaking point, but even so like, I mean, last year it's a coin flip whether you go to a bowl game or not at the end of that Texas game. And he's, he's still still around, and I don't know, man. I heard some wild, wild rumors about that week. I was about to say, supposedly. Allegedly, I'm going to just. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, 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 I know nothing. But I heard some crazy rumors. I'm not going to say I'm on the podcast because, like, man, some of them are hot takes for sure. The company line was no, the outcome of the Texas game did not decide Kingsbury's future at Texas Tech. The presence sure of Kirby didn't hurt. Hocutt, yeah, the, 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 the presence of Kirby Hocutt at the post-game press conference says otherwise. <laughs> like, he was in Austin ready to go. It's like, I think he was probably ready to have that in-person conversation that you need to where, have. Where the coach and the team fly separately. He was just that confident, guys. He, he just he just <laughs> wanted to go to the game. He just, <laughs> just loves the game of football, wanted to be there, see it in person. He wanted to celebrate with the team. He knew. He knew. This Kirby Hocutt. He knew He knew before time itself. Was like, well, well shoot, we won in Austin last time for the first time in 77 years, so why not – you know, why not another one? Well, she, the, fun, the funniest stat of the Cliff Kingsbury era is that one of the, like, four stadiums in the Big 12 that he's a winning record in is DKR. <laughs> he doesn't have a winning record at home. doesn't you have a what? winning record at Oklahoma State. You know I, what I else happened a... that game? He got his second win down by halftime. <laughs> or down at Perfect. halftime, I think. Perfect. Yeah. It just all yeah, came he's together. like two for a billion. I think yeah. that's what sealed it for Hocut. He was like, oh, well, if he comes back after being down at halftime, then we're keeping him. I was working a-, a double high school playoff game for the Statesman out in, like, Nacogdoches. And I think, uh, yeah, I was, I was in Nacogdoches and Navasota the, the, those days. So I was, like, watching it on my laptop, like, on the side as I was like taking stats for the game and I saw they're down at I saw they're down at halftime and I just turned it off I was like, I'll, 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 I'm about to have to follow this I'll listen to the end on the ride on the on the radio on the way back yeah you, you know up until that point you would have only missed one win so oh, yeah. that, that was not a wrong decision to make 
All right, one more thing before we move on. Uh, I guess some sad news that Gabe Rivera passed away, senior sack, the way too young age of 57. Excuse me, the one, one thing I saw on, on Twitter this afternoon, I, I didn't recognize the guy that said it, so I, I can't really vouch for it, but it was retweeted, retweeted by a couple of uh, big-name local media guys, but that tech football players would be wearing special decals on their helmet to – to honor Rivera this season, which I think is a cool move. Um, that video of like his sa- uh, not his sacks of his highlights, uh, just really impressive of, of defensive lineman. But like, there's one play that everybody always talks about. It was when he ran down the Arkansas quarterback from behind, like 35 plus yards down the field, tackled him, and I, I think the story is he tackled him so hard, like he did not come back into the game. <laughs> the quarterback right. was taken down. Um, but yeah, so it, really cool that he was inducted into the Texas Tech Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Uh, the was it last season? Or I, season I, before? I believe it. Maybe a couple seasons ago, but like it, it everything you can win as a defensive lineman at Texas Tech, he won like DCTF Cover Boy, like the All American, just incredible player and great for the community. And, of course, the coolest stat was that he was drafted before Dan Marino. Yep. Pretty <laughs> yeah. crazy. If y'all watched that 30 for 30 about um, about that draft with uh, John Elway and Dan Marino, Rivera has a pretty prominent uh, part in that. And they show his highlights, and they really talk up how great he was and why it was such a good pick. And, I mean, it, it was. He yeah. was. He was unbelievable. I mean, they have the same number of Super Bowl rings. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Got him! Get it, get it, Dan Marino! Get out of here! <laughs> there was get out of here. <laughs> to to, to uh, add on to that story, you know, I'm in the I was in the STP comments today with uh, there's guys <clears throat> that actually got to see him play in person and stuff. So they they had some stories. I don't know how true they all are, but uh, one of them was it was to add on to when he chased down that Arkansas quarterback. Uh, one of our commenters said that when Gabe caught him 35 yards downfield, he tackled the quarterback so hard he put him out of the game. Right. After the game, Gabe said, Gabe said that if he has to chase someone that far, that when he catches them, they're going to get tackled hard. <laughs> so that was his reasoning for it, supposedly. So that, that's, that's a cool attitude to have. Yep. <clears throat> one of, you know, in, in Dex Tech history, one of your only first-round draft picks – uh, you know, up there with Dave Parks, um, Patrick Mahomes. I'm blanking on the other one. Uh, Crabtree. Uh, duh. <laughs> it's a pretty short list. Yeah, there's four. Very short list. Um, so, sad news. Obviously, we're, you know, really cool to see that he was inducting all that kind of stuff in his lifetime. He was able to be a part of that in the stadium for it. So, All right, well, that'll do it for us here on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Michael and Hunter, I'm Spencer. Be sure to check back in here pretty soon to hear the the mailbag edition where we talk about some of your questions. We talk about uh, Michael's new new segment, the cord cutters corner, and things we learned.